Hello and welcome to the United MEC Leading Edge Podcast. In my 31-year career as an airline pilot, the number of female captains I've flown with can be counted on one hand. With women making up about half of the world's population, this doesn't seem right. Our podcasts focus on what ALPA does for pilots. I'm the United MEC spokesman, Captain James Belton, and today, during this episode, we will focus on the roles women play as airline pilots and what ALPA is doing to create a more inclusive future for aspiring young women and improving our profession for women already serving as airline pilots. We're joined by two pilots from United, Airbus Captain Barbara Anderson, who serves on our SOAR committee, and Airbus First Officer Carrie Paris, who serves on the United Steering Committee and National Membership Committee. Welcome and thank you for being here today. Thank Thanks, you, Jim. Jim. It's great to be here. Thanks, Jim. Before we hear your stories, I want to frame our conversation with a little history and statistics. I'm going to put you on the spot here with a few questions. We know that women make up about half of our population, but how many female airline pilots are in the world? I know the stats have not been updated much since 2018, so uh, my guess would be around 4 to 6%. Okay, so how many in the U.S.? Numbers I found were dated July of 2020. In the U.S., the total number of pilots is 97,285, with females making up 5,182, and that's just over 5.25%. Do we know how many at United Airlines? At United, we had 951, and again, that's July 2020 numbers uh, that were compiled before the early outs. And that's about 7%, Jim. I understand that's the highest percentage of any airline, which is great. When did the first woman check out as a captain? That's 1976, and that would be Emily Howell Warner at Frontier. And actually, Jim, uh, United is second behind Air India, which boasts 12% female pilots. Okay, uh, that's very impressive. Both of you have done your homework. My bad on the uh, stats for India. My apologies to Indian Airlines. And uh, now when, when I was young, my father, a U.S. air pilot, offered to send me and my three brothers to college at a school of aeronautics to learn to fly with the goal of becoming airline pilots. We were very fortunate. I have uh, three sisters as well. My father told me one time that he regretted never offering or encouraging my oldest sister to go to school for aviation. And she entered college at Robert Morris University in the late 70s and never pursued a, a flying career, although she does work for American Airlines. I always wondered about that regret that my dad had, and I spoke with him about that reservation. My father retired at the age of 60 in 1995, and he never flew with a female pilot. He would have loved to see my sister fly, but his answer really boiled down to, you know, back then, women just didn't join the profession. I always wondered why. So, Barb, let's start with you. Tell us about yourself and how you got into flying. Well, Jim, my mom woke me up. I was six years old uh, to watch Apollo 11 land on the moon. Uh, I was completely mesmerized. And uh, like a lot of young children, I'm sure back then were, I wanted to be an astronaut and a ballerina and a carpenter. And I eventually <laughs> went to college to be a chemical engineer. Um, after my first year of studies, I realized I didn't want to work behind a desk. And I recalled an aptitude test I had taken in high school uh, where they said that being a pilot would be something in which I would excel. I broached the subject with my parents and they were supportive yet restrictive. I applied and was accepted into the Air Force Academy, 
but because I wore glasses, they told me I wouldn't be able to fly, that I could only be a navigator. Uh, although that was quite an honor, I wanted to fly jets. Subsequently, I was accepted into FIT, the School of Aeronautics, and in 1982 began this journey. Uh, I was there for three years, getting all my ratings, and after graduation, was chosen one of two to come back and teach, uh, the other one also at United. I flew pilot hires, Aztecs, Seminoles, and uh, I was at the right time, right place, and I own, owned my career to a lineman uh, back then. It was my future employer, which is a small contract uh, construction company back in the 80s, built condos in Melbourne and flew his citation in there and uh, boisterously came out of the aircraft and said, anybody want a job? And the lineman at that time said, well, Barb's across the field interviewing for a citation job. And uh, the rest is history. I met with them. I was hired in 1987, flying as a warm body in the right seat of a citation 500, uh, as well as being pretty much the entire flight department. And then that company in 1988 bought a Learjet. And I am happy to say that I'm the first pilot to be type rated in a Lear 31 in the world. And I spent five years there building my jet time up and United hired me in 1992. That's a great story, Barb. I met you at FIT. Uh, you were a couple years ahead of me and an instructor. And I certainly looked up to you at that time. I don't know if you ever knew that. Now the number of women there in the flight program was sparse. So what are your thoughts on why that is? Well, as the Duchess of Sussex said in her now famous Oprah interview, you can be what you can see. Uh, conversely, you can't be what you can't see. And back in the early 80s, there were not a whole lot of women doing this job to show the younger generation like me uh, that I, you could be in that position. Um, other hindrances are the generational gender bias gap. Um, I have a girlfriend of mine who I met on the crew team at FIT who wanted to be a pilot and her father just flat out told her, no, girls don't do that. And she still talks about being told that she can't. Uh, luckily, and I joke about it, but it, it didn't occur to me that I was a girl. Uh, my dad always said I could do anything I set my mind to. And I, I think a lot of girls nowadays need to be told uh, or shown that they can as well. Uh, when my kids were little, I spoke to the fourth and fifth grade classes uh, back at the elementary school under a program called Girls in Science and Math. It was determined that girls around the ages of nine to 10 quote unquote, learn that it is uncool to be smart. So standing in front of an auditorium of boys and girls, nine to 11 years old in my uniform, a lot of us have done this, in the uniform with the hat, the jacket, the flight bag, the models, the charts, and showing these children that yes, being smart is this cool. It's a very rewarding experience as a lot of us know. And it, it, to see the light in the eyes of the kids, especially the girls looking up at me saying, I can do that. That kind of spark, that's, that's a start. And that's very, very rewarding. That's fantastic. And I, I, I couldn't agree uh, more. The, uh, the example that you've been, uh, it probably has sparked many careers that you'll never know about. Now, Carrie, you're a native of Japan. And from what I understand, uh, the Japanese culture still is somewhat male dominated. Uh, please share your experience with us and become an airline pod. I'm sure our listeners will find this fascinating as much as I did when I heard it the first time. Well, thank you. Um, I always joked about Japan being a decade behind plus in the U.S. in terms of women in aviation. They have a lot smaller percentage in the industry. 
growing up mostly in Japan, but having a dad who worked for a Kawasaki corporation, we got to live in like foreign countries like Kenya and Taiwan, and it was a fascinating experience. So traveling in airplanes were a big part of my childhood. And uh, I had such a fascination with airplanes. I used to uh, look forward to getting on airplanes. And I just told my parents then that I wanted to become a stewardess. And I know it's a wrong term now, but uh, that's what we used to call it. The Japanese people called them affectionately back then, uh, stewardesses. And uh, my sweet dad said to me back then, I said, great, then you have to learn how to speak English. So English became my favorite subject at school. It was great incentive. Uh, fast forward after graduating from UC Davis with uh, economics major. And by then my goal was just to become I'm an accountant. That's what I wanted to be. And, uh, but that quickly changed that I found my job office job was just so boring to me. <laughs> and I told my parents that I'll travel the world for a few years and I'll go back to school for MBA or something because I just didn't know back then what to do. Um, I felt lost. And uh, meantime, um, I saw Washington Post that ad for a United flight attendant position. And they were specifically looking for a Japanese language flight attendant for their inaugural flight for uh, Chicago to Osaka. So I said to myself, like, that's it. And uh, being a flight attendant for us was a great experience, uh, made great friends and enjoyed so much. I mean, I, every minute of it. And I was a Japanese language speaker. So I got to see my friends and families on the Naruto layovers because uh, they sent you there first uh, before going anywhere else. But after four years of it, I knew I wanted to pursue another career, but I was still not sure what that was and struggling then. And one day that amazing thing happened. I was on a layover with the crew in Frankfurt and one of the pilots suggested I pursue becoming a pilot for us because I really liked the industry and the lifestyle. And he told me to go to a discovery flight and that the rest is history. Uh, got all my ratings in the local part 61 school in DC area. And after having a son in 2003, I started my career as an airline pilot in 2005. And uh, I got hired at United 2015. I, I got to come back to this airline that I always wanted to be back here as a pilot. But I remember him and he was just not joking at all. In fact, he told me to give it up because I was a mother to then two year boy and he's 18 today. And uh, when I was pregnant with my daughter and by then I had already uh, at my regional airline for two years. And he told me to give it up again then because I was now becoming a mother of two kids. After all, it is quite a different culture. And I have experienced many times in Japan while visiting back home when men do not even look at me in the eyes when I tell them I'm an airline pilot as if that's something they don't really approve of or frown upon. Um, don't get me wrong, I have a good father. He's a loving father. He just didn't know how to understand all these. This was never a woman's job in his mind. And uh, we really don't know anyone in my families and friends who are in airline industry. So he simply just didn't know how to process all these. It took him 15 years to fully understand and appreciate my career path. And, uh, but now I got to go to, um, he looks forward to seeing me in Tokyo on my layovers. And uh, I got to do that a few times in triple seven last year, pre COVID. Gary, every time I hear the story, it still amazes me. And there's so many things in there that you could spend hours examining from the fact that your your dad was uncomfortable and, and the men won't look you look at you in the eyes and, and you have kids, uh, both of you have kids. And we all know that uh, being a mother and a, uh, and a spouse is a full-time job in itself and throwing in the stresses of an aviation career is, uh, is monumental. 
Now, one of the things um, that I see, one of the issues I see with ALPA's initiative to help more women join our ranks is really just framing or making people aware of difficulties experienced by women pilots. As a middle-aged man, I completely understand how men may bristle in the face of women blaming them for the difficulties they have with the glass ceiling or other barriers to entry to a male-dominated field. No one wants to demonize anyone for a difficult history, but the stories, they do need to be told. Jim, you and I attended a woman in aviation dinner with uh, Alpha, and you said something very similar. Out of that meeting came the initiative from uh, President Joe DePete on that diversity and uh, inclusion committee. Yes, I recall, and uh, we'll touch on that initiative shortly. So let me just go with, uh, with Barb here. Barb, please share your perspective on some of the things you feel need to change for women in order for them to enter the profession more in mass. I feel having a safe place for women to come to help each other out and ask the questions is very important. Uh, I believe social media has taken the learning curve for the young and up and coming female aviators to a new level. Uh, questions can be asked and answered by seasoned um, aviators, quote unquote, seasoned aviators. For example, uh, the work family balance is a big question. Uh, how can I be a good mom if I'm away on a trip? Needless to say, flight attendants have been doing this for decades. Uh, I have personally found that I make a much, much better mother uh, being able to go on a three-day trip and to utilize my skills and exercise my brain in a different way than is the juggling of everyday life with kids. I could come home rested to deal with them. Um, I also believe the perception with which we leave our children when we go to work is very important. I used to sit down with one of those little tykes plastic easels with my write on wipe off uh, captain's atlas with markers and I would draw airplanes uh, flying with a happy face to where I was going in the bed where I was sleeping laying over and then a, an airplane coming back home so that they knew uh, that I loved my job I felt if I portrayed it as a happy experience they would know they'd know I love my job and as I mentioned uh, earlier getting female aviators images out to the younger generations is important and that's come a long way with uh, picture books and to play and play sets that have uh, girls as female pilots. That's awesome. Um, I had several opportunities to be involved with some of the women in aviation and girls in aviation initiative too through ALPA work and non-ALPA work and uh, I find it fascinating that both Barb and I did the same speaking engagement for Girls Math and Science Club. Um, I had my daughter in that group so I also spoke to the fourth and fifth graders, uh, girls at our, our school. Um, it is concerning that after so many years of mentorship and educations and scholarships, we still have a single digit female percentage in our industry. Um, through my volunteer work at ALPA though, uh, I continuously try to understand some of these reasons why we're not growing. Uh, many of these topics are discussed in so many different organizations, and I read some of the research I recently uh, researched, and then also I listened in on the uh, Women in Aviation Advisory Board uh, that was held last month. Um, I'd love to share some of the factors and barriers that discourage women, and some of them are stuff like uh, Barbara just said, the family and life balance concern, uh, lack of role models, and microaggression and bias, and industry perceived as exclusively STEM. So as I learn these factors, um, I really think of my role and say, what can I do to help with this cause? I'm a mom and uh, who happen to think that this job is challenges, of course, I mean, lots of it at times, but it has lots of great opportunities to balance family and career. 
we recently taped a, a panel discussions for women in aviation about uh, this very, very same topic and share some of my experience as an airline pilot mom. So all of us can help uh, keep on sharing our stories like Barb did and for two uh, future aviators about family and life balance. Another one's a lack of role models. And uh, many of us often don't think of us as role models. And I'm, I still have a hard time to consider myself at that every time they you know, kind of point somebody to me and say, hey, be, be the mentor and be a role model. <laughs> I, I tend to shy away from it, but we need to get our faces out there, uh, whether if it's uh, in front of the passengers complaining or like Bob and I did at school, or uh, we just need to get us, you know, face out there. Another thing industry perceived as exclusively STEM, while um, I did not go through a traditional flight program or majored in aviation college like uh, you and Barbara did, it is important to capture future pilots through these established aviation programs early on. And no doubt, I've, I've, I've heard so many uh, professionals and researchers talk about this, it's very important. But also my husband and I studied economics in college and uh, we kind of railed a little bit, eventually pursued aviation, so I'd like to share some of these different pathways to airline pilots as well. And uh, to summarize all that, education, training, and mentorship, and outreach, and recruitment and retentions, all these factors are very important to achieve the goal of having more females in the industry, in my opinion. If I can interject to that exclusively STEM comment, uh, when I was an interview captain back in 2015, one of the most fascinating qualified pilot applicants I had was a college graduate who majored in music and played the oboe, to be specific. I had an instructor who told me uh, in pilot training in the Air Force that there are two kinds of pilots. There's artists and there's mathematicians. So that would make a lot of sense, Barb. Uh, a good friend of mine flew Harriers in the Marines, and uh, he became an F-16 pilot in my, in my Air Force squadron. And he was a music, a music major, excuse me. A very interesting person. So yeah, it doesn't, you don't have to go through a, uh, an engineering program. I know I didn't have the smarts to go through an engineering program. My, my wife at the time was in electrical engineering and I thought there's no way I could do that kind of thing. Um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit here and talk about a subject I've seen men that I know and I've heard men kind of bristle at. And obviously uh, microaggressions and biases have no place in our profession and even in our society, but what are your thoughts on the language and nomenclature in our industry? Is it male dominated and how much? Um, well, there uh, still exists a gender bias in our language. Uh, for example, I know that the PCDI, which stands for Presidential Committee for Diversity and Inclusion, recently came up with the uh, inclusive language guide on the ALPA, um, encouraging all the, it encourages members to educate themselves to avoid certain words and replace them with another terms like um, using black pilots or female pilots as just pilots. And it says on that guideline that uh, when you use that identifier to describe a pilot, you're assuming the standard to be a white male. And I'm the first one to admit, I just never thought of that as problems before, but now I realize that all these guidelines are important. And uh, on that personal note, speaking of gender bias, um, the times that I wish that when I am with my crew that I'm always identified by the stripes of my sleeves and the fact that I earn them. I think I understand that reference. Carrie, can you clarify that a little bit? 
Yeah, sure. Um, although I'm, I'm really not complaining uh, because after all, there aren't many pilots who do look like me. And there were times in my career, though, when there was a gate agent gave our dispatch paperwork to my male first officer, assuming he was the captain or a mechanic would address my first officer with a mechanical problem that I really required my attention as the captain. And because of my gender, I was not immediately recognized as such. Uh, uh, totally unintentional. So there's absolutely no hurt feelings, but uh, this has happened multiple times to many different airports in the country. And uh, this may seem like a small issue, but uh, issue can add up to a larger barrier. And so kind of usage of this correct language and terminologies are the same. Uh, it can also be a small issue, but it adds up as well as it sets the tone. I can agree with all you're saying, Kari. Uh, it's the stripes on my sleeves or the braiding on my hat that uh, I expect people, uh, employees to identify. And I still have gate agents trying to get around me at the flight deck door trying to get to the pilots. Uh, it is coming along and exposure does help. I have not had that experience in my career for obvious reasons. And I know it's, it's changing, but it's, it, it harkens back to what we were saying before. If you don't see it, if you haven't seen that female captain, then you're not used to it. So you have to see that in your, in your life and your career to, to understand that, yes, the, the woman at the cockpit door is the captain and uh, we should go by what's on her sleeves as opposed to looking at the gender. Now, I know at the, the United MEC Communications Committee that I work with, we have actively worked to make our comms more gender neutral. Words and phrases like manpower and fraternally seem benign but they tend to impede effective communication. So I know we've, we've bent over backwards to try to, to take that out of our comms. Even in my own flight attendant briefings that I, I used to say things like, if you guys want the seatbelt sign on, let me know. And the fact that I was addressing eight women and saying using the term guys leaves room for improvement. So I, I've tried to, to, to change that up in my life. And I, I hope that, uh, that we'll get better with that. Yeah, we, we will all get better at that. I do say guys too, Jim. <laughs> uh, I think there's plenty of examples to barriers to women entering this profession, but as with anything in life, you can allow barriers to impede your forward motion, or you can get yourself in shape to hurdle those barriers. If someone tells you you can't, you simply question why and then work harder. There really is no no when there's something that you want, whether you're male or female. Uh, as with this podcast, we're spreading the you can message. And it's coming along, uh, Jim, going back to that uh, generational bias gap with your father and his generation, you and your siblings, and now your children and possibly their children, there's a very, very good chance that uh, any of the daughters in those equations would enter a school of aeronautics, thrive, and ultimately be among us on the flight deck. Yes, and fortunately so, Barb. Carrie, can you talk about the panel uh, that ALPA has set up for diversity and how it will help aviation be more inclusive for women? Yeah, of course. Um, I cannot speak for that committee in the official capacity as I'm not a member of that group. But to give listeners a little bit of a background, the President Joe DePete established this presidential committee in the fall of 2019 with the goal of, uh, goal of creating more just and inclusive airline pilot culture. Um, the first officer, the Camilla Turrieta, she's a JetBlue pilot, is the chair, and I know several United pilots are part of that committee as well. I am excited about the progress they're making, including the guideline that they have published recently. 
um, I think this committee would help not only help women in the industry, but all of us pilots, uh, because their mission is to create inclusive culture. Um, education is the key, like Jim, you talked about it earlier about you learning new things. And uh, I made a mistake in my regional days to call a crew member he, and I uh, used my perception of another person's gender without asking and made it very, very uncomfortable for this individual. And I obviously didn't mean any harm. And I, at the time I didn't understand why, but I am learning new things every day and uh, that was wrong. And uh, this committee will be a great educational tool for all of us. First Officer Turrieta addressed our MEC in January. I had the great pleasure of hearing her speak at that time. She's a good voice, a great voice for the cause. Now, Barb, there are significant improvements in terms of opportunity in our industry. So what barriers still exist? I think the biggest barrier to any well, most would-be pilots would be the financial barrier. Learning how to fly is an expensive endeavor. Uh, the U.S. Air Force Academy just began enrolling women in 1978, which was just four years before I enrolled in college. And that's a roadblock uh, for women who could not go into the military. And we know there's a lot of progression from the military into the airlines, which uh, pretty much excluded women all the way up until that point. Uh, nowadays, women can join the military right out of high school and enjoy tuition assistance and can commission and fly any aircraft in the inventory. Uh, as far as scholarships, there are organizations like ALPA, Women in Aviation, AOPA, and FAST, which is that social media outlet I spoke about earlier, to name a few to that do have scholarships for women. Yeah, and even United's Aviate program encourages women who work for United to take time off and learn to fly and return to United as a pilot. I think that's great. Yeah, that's right. Uh, female flight attendants or gate agents, for example can get to one of our flight decks in this program. Uh, I guess the bottom line answer to your question, Jim, is yeah, there, there are barriers. There may be for some time to come, but we've come a long way. And I've always desired to focus on the opportunities we have rather than the limitations. Carrie, what factors encourage a young woman to join this profession? Well, um, ALPA, ALPA and other unions uh, removes the worry of equal pay. Uh, Congress enacted the, the Let Better Act a few years ago, and I put into federal law that unions like ALPA have done for many years, and that is ensuring equality in the compensation regardless of gender. And uh, among many other things that I've, I've mentioned, um, I feel like I've already spoken a lot, but uh, having a member in the business provides a great leg up to potential female pilots. I know my daughter wants to be a writer, so not interested in aviation right now, but she's only 12 and uh, I'll be right here if she wants to pursue this. So uh, mom and dad's out there. I mean, please encourage your kids to fly. Of course, if they want to, that is, but, um, in the absence of family members in the business, a mentor can serve as a great help. Um, I said this before, but I did not have a family member in the industry. So I got to know a few airline pilots through friends and they became my great mentors. Mentorship is extremely important in this industry. I noticed you mentioned you had male and female mentors. Oh yes, absolutely. Having a male mentor encourages an inclusive culture my mentors were males and people who helped me get into this professions were males. And uh, my husband and his late father, they're both uh, UPS pilots, were one of my biggest supporters in the industry. We cannot have the assembly, we just must work together on this. Uh, absolutely, uh, having a female mentor allows for us to relate to the challenges, but having a male mentor can add to the inclusive culture we need to nurture. 
Corey mentioned the Ledbetter Act for equal pay. Having a union also shatters this glass ceiling. And at United, I will be a 777 captain or maybe a 787 captain. And that's due directly to my Alpha negotiated seniority list. That's right. You can also be the MEC chair, as we saw a few years ago at United. So there are opportunities within Alpa for women to serve. Uh, speaking again about the mentors, uh, as a brand new student, I idolized a female instructor at FIT called uh, Linda Van Alstein. Um, she personified uh, intellect, grace. She commanded respect. Uh, she always held herself strong and tall and uh, she was my mentor. She never knew it, of course, but I looked up to her. I wanted to be her. Uh, and some of you alumni, FIT alumni listening might remember Mr. Bob Redford. Uh, I do. My, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feared and respected that man. Uh, he, was, he was fantastic, though. He was my ultimate mentor. He demanded only the best out of everyone. And it was his watchful eye and occasional praise that motivated me to be the best I could be. He must have been able to see right through me when I showed up at FIT. He saw he saw a slacker and he said, "I'm going to make sure this kid doesn't kill himself and he becomes a professional pilot." And I think he I think he did. He was fantastic in that regard. Uh, Barb and Carrie, how would you summarize your advice to an aspiring young woman who wants to become an airline pilot? Well, Jim, it, it, as we all know, it, it takes a certain type of individual to do this job or to want this career. We're all perfectionists to some point or more to the point, we strive for perfection in ourselves. I think whether you're male or female, hard work, determination and an eye on the goal is paramount. Uh, when talking to a good friend of mine about our success in this male dominated workspace, she said to me, Barb, we just don't see obstacles. Our personality, we don't see obstacles. So my final advice to all the future female aviators out there, don't see obstacles. I uh, completely agree with Barbara. Uh, it does take a certain type of individual to do this line of work. And uh, yes, it takes lots of hard work and dedication. Uh, but, but once determined aviation is for you, never look back, right? Don't let the numbers intimidate you. This applies to both boys and the girls in any profession when there's a huge gender gap. Um, I recently found the quote from a hero of mine, the late RBG, that there she talked about a song that Marlo Thomas sang. It says, free to be you and me, free to be. If you're a girl, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, anything you want to be. But if you're a boy and you like teaching, you like nursing, you would like to have a doll, that is okay too. And that notion that we should each be free to develop our own talents whenever they may be and not to be held back by the artificial barriers, man-made barriers, certainly not heaven sent. And I love that quote. And if you're a young woman wanting to become a pilot, you can become a pilot. Uh, we are here to help to, you to succeed and uh, we are here to mentor you through the process. Uh, family, friends, we're all here, just like everything else, we're in this together. Absolutely. Every man born owes his life to a woman. And uh, how can we as men ever contemplate treating women with anything but respect? This, I hope, is a basic tenet of this podcast. Encouraging women to fly is another. For those of you listening, thank you for tuning in to the United MEC Leading Edge podcast, Women in Aviation Edition. To our guests, Barb and Carrie, we greatly appreciate all of your hard work, especially your observations and insights and the example that you set for young ladies who may want to start a career in aviation. On behalf of the United MEC and all of our Apple volunteers, fly safe and stay healthy. I'm Captain James Belton.